My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, June 29th. Kansas City, baby. It's a pretty good team. Super Bowl favorites. They have to be one of them. Uh, so let's break down this team on the podcast today. Big names on this squad, no doubt about it. Uh, before I get into that, though, let me remind you, we do have a contest going on. It's really easy to enter this contest. All you have to do is review this podcast here on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, it really helps if you review it there. So there's ways to do it. Uh, pretty simple. And in your review, just leave your Twitter handle, give a rating, and then you're entered in to win. And if you do win, you win a Rant t-shirt, uh, which are pretty sweet. If you want to check out what they look like, they are over at sawdustpods.com. Go into the merch section and uh, check that out right there. You can buy one if you want, too. I'm telling you, they're eye-catching. They are definitely eye-catching. Some shirts are corny. I'm, I'm the first to admit. And I don't like to wear a corny shirt, all right? <laughs> so, anyway, go check that out, and please enter in on, into that contest. We'll pick a winner here uh, coming up very soon in July. We're going to pick it, which is only a few days away, but we'll uh, not this week, so you still have time to enter. All right, so let's dive into this team. This is a top-heavy team. This is a very top-heavy team for fantasy purposes. It's rare when you have multiple elite options on the same squad, but we have at least three. I mean, I guess it's three. I'm not going to say at least because I don't think there's a chance that Clyde Edwards-Alaire slides into that uh, conversation as well. But you have Mahomes, you have Kelsey, you have Ty Freak. So let's start with Mahomes first and foremost. You know, he has been nothing short of spectacular his entire career basically at this point uh at the pro level I mean yeah sure toss out what he did in his in one game in his rookie season but otherwise just absolutely phenomenal and I don't see that changing anytime soon I don't think anybody does obviously in 2018 he has the historic season uh we did see some regression in 2019 he was banged up a little bit as well and by the way remember Regression does not mean get worse. Regression means move towards the average. That's all it means. And we saw some touchdown regression with him there. Uh, last year, dinged up a little bit as well, but still throws for 4,700 yards, 38 passing scores. He has some sneaky mobility. Even though he's not a prototype running quarterback, he's sneaky mobile. He had over 300 rushing yards last year. He's had two rushing scores in each of his last three seasons. Sneaky mobility, and that's just extra fantasy points to a guy who has arguably the highest passing ceiling of any player out there. Like, Rodgers has a high touchdown ceiling, but he actually doesn't have a high yardage ceiling. Mahomes has everything. He has everything, man. Everything. And this is where things get staggering for me. Here's my current projection for him. 5,100 passing yards, 38 passing scores. Now, the passing scores, 38 is still a big number. I know we think video game numbers all the time. That's a massive number. But I'm projecting him at over 5,000 passing yards. That's a freaking projection. Projections are averages. They're always conservative. I've run the numbers over and over. This is based on 10,000 simulations of the season. And that's his average. That's unbelievable. 328 rushing yards, three just under three rushing scores. He projects out as the number one fantasy quarterback. That's not a surprise. You're not listening to this podcast to hear me say, Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback. 
But here's what I will tell you. Because he is the number one quarterback, I won't be drafting him. It's sad. It's disappointing. But I won't be drafting him. Because in a one-quarterback league, the number one quarterback in your home leagues might even go in the first round. Probably no later than the second round in, in home leagues. In industry leagues, maybe he lasts till the third round like or some of these high-stakes leagues. Maybe he does. But he's not getting past that point. And for me, whenever there is, uh, you know, these premium top 10 quarterbacks, I really want to get two rounds of value on those guys if I'm going to uh, to pick them. So for me, Mahomes, the earliest I'd be willing to select Mahomes is the fourth round. And I'd really actually probably prefer, because I have a third round grade on him, I'd prefer to take him in the fifth round. He's never going to get there. You know as well as I do. I could say that and be like, hey, yes, you should take him if he's there in the fifth round. Come on. I'm not going to blow smoke up your you know, rear end. I, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that to you because he's not going to be there. Like, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not taking him in a one-quarterback league. In a two-quarterback league, my my or Superflex league, my strategy is simple. I'm waiting until 10 quarterbacks are off the board. That's true even if I have the number two overall pick or number three overall pick. If I have number two overall pick in a two-quarterback league, I'm very likely taking Dalvin Cook or if somehow Christian McCaffrey's there. I'm not going to take Mahomes there because I don't need Mahomes to win that league. I actually need to beat you at running back and wide receiver and keep pace with you at quarterback. That's what I want to do there. So I'm not going to have him. The only place I have Mahomes is I do have him in a dynasty league, thank, thankfully. And I also have him in a in a home keeper league that is a super flex, and I managed to draft him you know, in the two, 2018 breakout year. That's it. So because he's so good means that I'm not going to have him anywhere, unfortunately. And actually, the same thing can be said about Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is amazing. We know it. He You can almost ink him in for... Over 100 catches, you know, 12, 1,300 yards. Actually, I'm at over 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's amazing, but I don't know if we should be drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round from a roster construction standpoint. That's kind of where I am with him. So I think that needs to be fleshed out a little bit further because it's a different take than maybe some are going to have this year, especially because tight end is so premium this year. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break, and then I'll explain to you exactly why I'm not taking a tight end early in 2021 fantasy football drafts. Okay, so tight end premium. Nah, I'm not going to talk about that scoring setup, but tight ends there are three elite tight ends this year in fantasy football drafts. You have Kelsey, you have Kittle, you have Waller. Kelsey is the premium of premium. He is the gold standard. He is the elite of all elite. But like Patrick Mahomes, that means I'm probably not going to have him on any rosters because if you want Kelsey this year, you're going to probably have to take him in the first round. I don't see him slipping past the first round, and your first round could be Kelsey and a bunch of running backs. Why do I not like that? I mean, it is definitely zigging while others zag, but I really don't think you can get away from a premium running back in the first round. You can get away with punting your second running back spot, but I don't think you can get away from that. So I would recommend trying it in mock drafts and seeing how your roster turns out before you do anything there. But I don't see you getting away from it this year. That's the challenge. 
And I don't know if I like my roster construction. Plus the fact that, hey, we're basing this on last year, and every time we have a a player like Kelsey, who was a huge difference maker, that causes the pendulum to swing in an extreme direction. So last year, if you had Kelsey, you probably won your leagues. This year, is that going to be the same case? Well, last year, all right, so it was Kelsey and Waller and then pretty much nobody else, right? There was like over a 100-point difference in PPR between Kelsey and Waller and then the rest of the pack. I don't know if that happens this year because last year Kittle was banged up, right? So he wasn't in the mix. We saw Mark Andrews come back to the pack, but there was nobody else. Well, this year we could see TJ Hawkinson have more volume and close the gap a little bit. We could see Kyle Pitts potentially close the gap. We have Kittle back. So there's five. Last year, there were two. There could be five this year. So for me, I'm willing to wait at the position. Now, I know that's not everybody's vibe, but I, I and I get that, but that's how I'm approaching it. They could also be using a lot of two tight end sets. We're he- hearing a lot of buzz about Noah Gray right now mixing in, in uh, with the starters in 12 personnel. I love Noah Gray. He's not going to be fantasy relevant this year, but the fact that he's learning from Travis Kelsey really makes him an interesting dynasty option. And it also speaks to their wide receivers. So Tyreek Hill is a stud. 1,300 yards, 88 catches, 12 and a half receiving touchdowns. He's number two wide out for me. You know that. Beyond that, though, the fantasy mindset is to go to Nicole Hardman, but we're hearing a lot about Byron Pringle out of the offseason work. McCole Hardman, there were times last year where he was still the number four even when Sammy Watkins was hurt. They were using Tyreek Hill. They were using Demarcus Robinson. They were using Byron Pringle ahead of McCole Hardman. So be careful with McCole Hardman. Yes, the weekly upside is massive because he has game-breaking ability on any play. But be careful with McCole Hardman. And I'm not saying run out and draft Byron Pringle, by the way. I'm saying I might just fade any receiver other than Hill. If I don't get Hill, I'm going to fade the receivers here for the Chiefs. Because it's Hill, it's Kelsey. You're talking 137 targets for Hill, 141 targets, 142 targets for Kelsey. It's not a lot of volume to go around elsewhere. Now, I do think there is some appeal to Clyde Edwards-Alaire this year because he has the look of a, of a post-hype sleeper. Post-hype sleepers happens every year. Last year, there was so much hype surrounding Edwards-Alaire, especially even after week one, remember that? And then he ultimately really didn't deliver on that hype, which is fine because he was a rookie and it is what it is. But he has he has the skill set to be an Andy Reid running back. He reminds me so much of Brian Westbrook that I think this is a year where he takes a step forward. And the nice thing is, there's a lot of people with the mindset of, not going to draft him again because of what he did last year, that we might be able to get him at half a value. And I love half of, I love a, more than half a value. I love a whole value, but half a value will do. Projecting him out at just under 200 carries, just under 900 rushing yards, six rushing scores, not a big number, but solid. But here's the kicker. I do think we're going to see him more involved in the passing game this year. 47 catches, 397, uh, two touchdowns. He's a he's an RB2 with those numbers, but the ceiling is a lot higher, we know, because he is on such a potent offense. Now, they do still have Daryl Williams. They brought in Jarek McKinnon. One, of, one or the other is going to be the number two. I don't know if they keep anything more than that, if they keep Darwin Thompson on the roster. Darwin Thompson's just kicking around on the bottom of Dynasty. 
dynasty rosters right now, and and I don't know if it ever happens for him, unfortunately. But Edwards Alaire doesn't have much competition for touches. We know that, yes, Andy Reid last year did lean on Daryl Williams, but remember as well, it was a COVID year, so there was no learning for these rookies for the most part other than virtual, and we know how that goes. In the offseason, it wasn't a traditional year. He has a year under his belt now. I mean, we've seen this with Andy Reid as well. Andy Reid didn't take the training wheels off of Brian Westbrook for a while. And it is a different era of football, but it would it's not shocking at all that they sort of ease Clyde where Clyde Edwards Alaire into, you know, his career here. Brian Westbrook really didn't take off until kind of his third year in the league. Second year, he did have seven rushing touchdowns. I'm looking at his stats right now, but his third year in the league, 177 rushing attempts, 73 catches. Remember, in the Andy Andy Reid offense, the the short passing game to running backs, that's an extension of the run game. They're, they're really setting things up with those shorter passes, putting that running back in space where he can utilize his skill set. That sets up well for CEH. So for me, especially if he's hanging around in the third round, which I have seen, he's definitely a target. Absolutely a target right there in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So it seems really straightforward. Mahomes elite, Tyreek Hill elite, Travis Kelsey elite, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a little bit of an under-the-radar, perhaps post-type sleeper. I mean, everybody knows who he is, but post-type sleeper like that right there with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, so coming up next, we will be talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, some interesting wideouts, Austin Eckler, baby. That'll be coming up tomorrow on this podcast. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. Sawdustpods.com for merch. Go check it out. All right, tomorrow, Chargers. I'll catch you then on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.